Greetings in the precious name of Jesus again today. It's good to see all of you. Welcome back from afar. Yeah, and welcome to all far and near. This little house of worship where the Lord meets with his people as we humble ourselves before him. Thank you to all of you who have shared so far in the service and all your contributions. Appreciated that. For today's message, my um, my thoughts my thoughts were birthed a bit from uh, studying and considering the book of Galatians. Now, I'm not going to start there initially, but uh, that's where I, um, the framework was Galatians, where I began to, to meditate and uh, was kind of looking for a, something to begin uh, on several messages. However, um, I'm not going to be doing several messages here in the near future because uh, I'll be gone for a while, going to Tanzania for a month. I would be on schedule next week, however, I deferred that to another brother as we have a lunch obligation that will take us out on the early side, so I couldn't even put two messages in (laughs) back to back. So we'll have one message um, and... uh, in some ways, I'm tucking a bit into it, but uh, and my goal to develop a continuation, I kind of had to just put it into into one and uh, put it there, and we'll leave that for a month, and then we'll see where we go from there. So today, to begin um, the. Um, The subject this morning is the straight gate and the narrow way. Um, And we'll talk about both of those points a bit. And we'll begin, like I said, in in some other scriptures and eventually actually take some of it out of Galatians. Uh, Let's uh, begin by turning to the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 13, verse 24 and 25. And then also Matthew seven, thirteen and fourteen. Luke twenty four, or excuse me, Luke thirteen twenty four. Scripture reads as follows Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know not whence you are. And I'm just going to stop there. Uh, 
That's one concept of uh, where this Jesus teaches about a straight gate entering in at a straight gate. And then when we go back to Matthew, we have uh, another uh, Matthew 7.13. Another t- place where Jesus has some things to say about a straight gate. Matthew 7.13 and 14 Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I'm just going to quote a verse from John 10, verse 9. Jesus said these words, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And these uh, these scriptures, uh, I don't read them to to uh, focus on the word straight and what it means. Uh, I read them to focus on uh, a door. So uh, I'd like to try and illustrate it a bit. Today, if we can, my illustrations aren't, uh, my drawing isn't quite perfect, but uh, practice makes perfect, they say, so I might get better with time. But that is uh, that is a, um, a pic, supposed to be a picture of a road or a pathway um, with a Y in the road. <clears throat> and he says, uh, enter in at the straight gate. Perhaps I, I believe my illustration is a little bit out of the proper proportion as I think through what we're going to be talking about. Maybe we should do it like this. So that the one road is broad and the other is narrow. Um, and so then we will put a, a gate right there. Um, maybe I get this thing a little closer. <clears throat> All right. So we read these scriptures. Um, Talks about a straight gate. Talks about a uh, a narrow way, and talks about a a uh, wide gate and a broad way. You know it, and and uh, the the thing that I want to uh, give a little bit of time and attention to is simply. The fact that in uh, in uh, in life and in this this pathway, uh, you know, any of us can put ourselves on this pathway of life. And as we as we could call this our uh, our childhood, our uh, time of birth to uh, 
to the time and place in life where we develop to the point in our understanding, in our conscience, in uh, in our uh, understanding of life, where we come to the place and point where we recognize and clearly by the teaching, hopefully, that we've received, we clearly recognize that there are there is a point where all of us need to make a decision and there are two different roads that we can choose in life. And that's, uh, that's when we talk about the straight gate. That's what I'd like to focus on a bit. It's that point of beginning. It's that place where we come to an understanding of, uh, of uh, truth and how that truth bears upon us in our life. When we think about a place of beginning, I'm going to uh, reference a verse in Galatians uh, chapter 3 now. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, Paul is say, says this to, the, to the, uh, uh, the folks that he's writing to. He says, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? So having begun was right here. Having begun in the Spirit. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect? By the flesh. And I, I quote that verse just for the sake of, again, drawing some attention to the place of beginning, having begun. Um, and then in Ephesians, I'll turn to the book of Ephesians, if you would, you can as well. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Paul says to those he's writing to, he says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. And I just read that verse to again recognize that uh, Paul is referencing uh, something in their lives where uh, there was the beginning. I heard of your faith and your love. That he's referencing something in their lives where there was a point of beginning. Uh, if we turn over to chapter 2 of Ephesians, verse 1 and 6, verse 1 through 6, he says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And there he is describing a uh, a people, not so much a people who were, uh, you know, uh, children growing up in a, uh, a, uh, a well-taught setting, but people of a heathen nation and heathen practices who at some point also heard the truth 
came to a place uh, of uh, of owning that truth and had a a beginning, a uh, a uh, as it says here that uh, they were quickened. They were made alive. They were dead. They were dead in sins up to this point. And then something happened. And they were made alive in Christ. Um, uh, They had a new life. There was a place of beginning. You know, Paul. Paul is an example of one who had a place of beginning. Uh, His was rather rather, uh, dramatic. Uh, the the scripture also gives us various others. We could think about the Philippian jailer and his household. Uh, he had a place of beginning. Uh, we can think about uh, Cornelius and his household. Uh, he was the first one, first Gentile that Peter took the gospel to. Uh, so, and and even think about this one. Uh, Jesus told Peter. Uh, just before uh, his crucifixion, Jesus told Peter, when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. And basically indicating that there was something that needed to happen yet in Peter's life. And we know, we, we the scripture records when that something happened, when he denied the Lord. And uh, he came to grips with that, went out and repented bitterly, and that something happened. It was a place of beginning. It was a place where, where Peter, uh, he was, like the Lord said, converted. <laughs> uh, he was changed from uh, what he was to something else. So it's a point of beginning. Uh, and like I said, in Peter's case, Jesus used the word converted. The words, uh, the scriptures use the word converted in various places. Uh, in the in Acts chapter three, in the early days of the church, one of the, the here's a verse that describes the, the message that was given to the people: "Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord." Repent and be converted. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 18.3, Except, verily, verily, verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, uh, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I think we have a pretty good idea what the word converted means. Um, I was, it was kind of interesting, the uh, uh, dictionary definition it gave this idea, and it gave it gave this concept on the basis of a building, where a building has been adapted to be suitable for a new purpose. So you can you can have uh, uh, take a building; it has an existing purpose, and you can adapt it, you can convert it, you can change it, and it has a and it has a uh, uh, it's suitable then for a new purpose. And isn't that really what a conversion is, really? You know, in a person's life, uh, you were good for one thing. You were good for this. You were good for that. You were good for sin. You know, you were good for selfishness. You were good. That's, that's you know, but then you got converted. You got adapted. You got changed. And now you're, you're, uh, you're good for something else, something much better. 
Um, so we have the idea of uh, being converted, being changed, being uh, suitable for a new purpose. <clears throat> So then we could ask the question, um, so we have, we have this, uh, this point of beginning, uh, a place where uh, there is there's an entrance to the straight and narrow way. We have the point of beginning. We could ask the question, how does one, uh, how is one converted? Scripture uses the word converted. How does one enter the straight gate? Uh, how do you uh, how do you enter uh, how do you begin in the journey in the way of life on the narrow way in uh, Ephesians and I'm still there I'm not sure if you are or not but Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 Peter said or Paul says this in whom ye also trusted he's talking about Christ uh, verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. So there we have the um, the idea of hearing uh, hearing the word of truth and understanding it. You know, um, so that and and that can that can be uh, it can be here in the in the situation of a child who is is growing up. It can be uh, the situation where someone has not been uh, exposed to the gospel before and they hear it for uh, some of the first times. Or it can be someone who has had exposure, but they've uh, they've resisted it, and they hear it again, and they hear it again, and they they're brought face to face with truth, and uh, they hear that. You know, there's a hearing, there's an understanding, there's a there's a uh, coming to uh, grips with reality, you might say, uh, in whom also ye trusted, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. You know, the word of truth is what brings us to a point of decision. It's that which kind of puts everything in its right place. The word of truth. You know, it kind of, the word of truth puts aside all the lies. You know, it, we can feel like, uh, well, I'm a good person. You know, I'm not, not, never killed anybody. I've never done this or I've never done that. But then the word of truth comes along and it speaks into our lives and it, and it shows us our, uh, own selfishness and our own sinfulness. And, uh, and it's when that word of truth comes and we, we, uh, we reckon with it. We, we can't deny it. We can't just push it off. We can't just uh, shove it under the carpet. Because now we have an understanding. We have an understanding about truth. And we have to, uh, we have to, respond, we have to respond one way or another. <clears throat> so one hears and understands the truth. And at that point... That's a why in the road, and one has to choose which way. Which way do I go? Do I? And, and you know, uh, I didn't make the road straight with the why going off 
and the main road going straight because that's not the way it is. When we choose, at this point we have to choose and life is never the same again. We are no longer that innocent child. Uh, we're no longer that, that unintelligent sinner. We now have an understanding and now we can never live life exactly the same again because we have been exposed to truth and we have to respond one way or the other. We have to respond by either accepting the truth and uh, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and the salvation that he provides and or we have to respond by rejecting it and continuing on in, in our life of sin. And as it says here in, in verse 13, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed. And so there comes the believing part. Uh, believing the truth. So the truth is brought to our hearts. The truth is taught. The truth is spoken. The truth is put on the table so it can be understood. And then we, if we want to enter in at the straight gate, we have to believe that truth. We have to accept it and believe it and receive it into our hearts. Um, Believing the truth about ourselves, about our sinfulness, about the fact that we are not good in and of ourselves. Um, Believing the truth that we do need a Savior and that we do need uh, we do need what Jesus provides for us in his shed blood for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. That we do need uh, uh, Christ and his new life within us. We need his Holy Spirit, as it says here in this, uh, in this verse 13. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, that when we believe and we, we, uh, we repent and we believe the gospel, we receive receive the Holy Spirit of promise into our hearts and we begin the journey in the narrow way. <clears throat> so there's, a, there's the straight gate through which we must enter. And after we have entered that straight gate by faith in Jesus Christ, in his atonement for our sins, by repentance of our sins and faith in Jesus Christ, then there begins the the walk. You know, once we're through the gate, we've made a profession, we've made a beginning, we've uh, uh, cast our lot with the people of God, we've decided that uh, as the truth was brought to our hearts that we are going to follow Jesus, we are going to surrender our will to His will, we're going to by the grace of God and the help of God, walk in, in, in the narrow way, then there's a life to live. There's a life, there's a walk to walk in, uh, in that uh, narrow way. You know, if we have entered through the gate. So how then do we walk in the narrow way? How then do we walk? What, uh, what's the, the recipe for success? What's the... Uh, um, yeah, there's uh, it's it's a simple but very uh, it's simple and yet complicated. In in Galatians five, we have the 
the simple answer, short answer. Galatians 5 verse 16 says this. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, simple enough. Walk in the spirit uh, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, Romans 8 1 which uh, is a nice verse, or a good verse to memorize. And so is this one in, in uh, Galatians. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So there is a very, very simple answer to walking in the straight and narrow way. And it's simply walk in the Spirit. That is actually the answer. That is actually 100% the answer. And it's actually really, really simple answer. Simple to be understood. But as you will see, much more difficult to do than what we would wish. But it is actually the answer. Let's not move away from that. That is actually the answer. That's what the scripture gives us. And it is, it is, should be our focal point in walking in the narrow way. But it's not as easy as it might first seem. <clears throat> Why? Because there's, let, let me read another verse. Verse 17 of Galatians 5. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the, to, to the other, so that you cannot do the things that ye would. So, there is, uh, you know, walking in the Spirit is the key to walking in the narrow way. However, if any of us, if you have any amount of experience, first of all, in your own life and in, in the lives of others, in the life of general church population, you realize that it just simply isn't quite that easy, is it? It just simply doesn't just flow that simply. Wish it would. But it doesn't. And Galatians 5.17 explains a little why that is. The challenge that is before any of us is, first of all, discerning the mind of the Spirit, which the Spirit will always agree with the Scriptures. And then when we have discerned it correctly, obeying it. So we have several challenges. And one of them is to actually discern the mind of the Spirit. As we go through life and various situations come up moment by moment as we walk. And to understand what exactly the Spirit would want us, how the Spirit would lead us in that moment. And when we actually do have the proper understanding to then actually walk in it and obey it. Uh, challenging. You know, we we have that challenge of discerning uh, the Spirit. And, and it's leading in our lives. We live in, like this, uh, this scripture in, in, in Galatians here about the flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And, and we could read right down through there. We have the works of the uh, flesh and we have the uh, fruit of the spirit contrasted in the, 
in, in the rest of that chapter there. Um, we live, we live in vessels of flesh and, uh, we discover that our vessels of flesh have many voices that would like to be heard and followed and obeyed. We live in a world around us and, and are surrounded by, uh, a multitude of many voices that would also like to be followed and obeyed and heard and, uh, have their bearing on us. We are surrounded by, you know, we are surrounded by many. Okay, let me, uh, let's see here. No, I don't want to jump ahead. So let's just continue on this thought. We are surrounded by, uh, when we think about the, uh, the many things that we're surrounded by, you know, even just a, uh, when we think about walking in the spirit versus, uh, the flesh, and we think about all the things that appeal to our flesh, you know, just a common sales flyer from the local hardware store can uh, glamorize a whole bunch of items that you need. You need them. They would make your life so much more pleasant. If you had this certain fryer in your backyard on your, on your uh, uh, hardscape patio deck, uh, you you could have friends over and you would have such a grand time entertaining and hosting friends. Uh, you get the picture. It's all designed to appeal to our flesh and its voices coming to us. You know that car advertisement. Your 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 vehicle uh, uh, broke down the other day and you you. You had to get it fixed, and then you drive by that billboard that's advertising that nice, almost new vehicle or new vehicle, and something inside of you just says you kind of need that thing. Mine's about shot. Really, it's given a lot of trouble. You know, you get the picture. There's a lot of voices, and uh, that is life. That is life. We are, we are, uh, when we are talking about walking in the spirit. In the middle of all of those voices, and it gets terribly close home because we even now carry little gadgets on our belts that are very willing to suggest a lot of things to us that might make our lives better and please us and all those kind of things. And, and, uh, and the challenge of, of in the middle of all those voices that life has to be able to Quiet our hearts enough to discern what the Spirit is saying to us and make decisions based on the Spirit. And it's leading in our lives. That is where the challenge is. The problem is not with the Spirit. The problem is not that the Spirit is not the answer. The problem is for us to be able to quiet all the other voices enough to hear and tune into the Spirit of God and be able to, to walk in it. Um, that's that's where the challenge comes in. <clears throat> Do any of us always get it right in every situation? You know, um, and and the uh, you know I use some illustrations on that side. You know, on the side of kind of the world, you know, and it's there's that whole thing of of our world that we live in. You know, there's actually there's actually voices in other places 
think about uh, just here in Galatians. Think about Peter. Or, yeah, yeah. Peter. Galatians 2 verse 11. Paul says, he says this. He says, when, when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to blame. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. Now there we have it, have it, have the whole perspective on a different, on a, coming from a different angle. So the key is walking in the spirit, right? And obviously what Peter did there was not walking in the spirit. Paul made that clear. But notice the pressure. The pressures can come from various places and we do well to recognize that. So there they are. They're having fellowship. The, the walls between the Jews and the Gentiles are broken down. They're having fellowship together. They're, uh, they're one in Christ. And then here come a bunch of Jews into the assembly. And Peter pulls away from the Gentiles, sits with the Jews, and then more of them follow it. And soon Barnabas is in the, in the program. And, uh, and uh, Paul had to rebuke him. So again, just an example of uh, the challenge of discerning the Spirit and walking in it. Uh, here Peter missed it in, in this kind of a scenario, in a, on, in, on religious grounds, we might say. And that challenge exists. That challenge very well exists. Uh, we, can, uh, we can miss it on, on that aspect too. Maybe we could ask the question, what, uh, well, let, let me say this first of all. Uh, we looked at Peter. We looked at the outcome there. We looked at Barnabas and how he was carried away. We looked at the, how the thing kind of had a ripple effect. And I simply asked the question, can that happen to us? You know, and these various things that we looked at, not just, uh, but these various things we looked at. You know, we, we realize it can in the middle of the pressures that surround us on all sorts of fronts, we can. We can not discern it properly, not recognize it properly, and actually make a move that is not in the spirit, but is in the flesh. It can happen to any of us. So what if I, you or I, fail to walk in the spirit in an area of life? What then? Uh, Galatians 6, and I read that verse earlier. <clears throat> verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So, there's of course the, uh, I asked the question, what if you or I... Um, there's, of course, the, 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 the goal in every situation should be restoration, to try to... So someone is uh, walking on the narrow way. They're walking in the Spirit. That is their goal. 
But something happens and they deviate. Like, and again, it's so easy to just pull out Peter's situation. He deviated. He, he responded in the flesh. Uh, and Paul had to exhort him about it. Uh, so we should, and that's where we need each other. You know, we, we do need each other. You know, life, life is, a, hasn't, uh, life, uh, the Lord never intended that people navigate this, this, uh, uh, landmine of a world by themselves. That's why, that's why the church was, uh, formed in the first place is to, to, uh, to, to, to have a body of people who are there for each other and who, who can assist each other in the journey. And, uh, just like, uh, Paul did for Peter. And so we need each other in those kind of things. We need each other in, in, uh, helping to discern. There's, there's, uh, there's not one of us who is gifted with the discernment that is needed on every front that, <laughs> That this old world throws at us and our flesh throws at us and all those kind of things. <clears throat> so we have. Uh, so when we see a problem, our first objective should always be to endeavor to restore, to bring the person back to where they once were, where we know they should be. And if there's a problem in our lives, we should desire to be restored. Uh, so a, a fault, as it says here in uh, this verse in Galatians, if a, if a man be overtaken in a fault, we could uh, simply say that a fault is when we deviate from walking in the Spirit. You know, when we move away from that and we are starting to live by other voices and other guidance and other uh, pressures. It can happen very easily. You know, the book of Galatians is actually written uh, to a people who had, in fact, done that uh, as, a, as in their faith. Uh, if we turn to Galatians, Galatians 5, verse 1 through verse, uh, verse 4, uh, the, the, these folks had deviated from walking in the Spirit, uh, walking according to the guidance of the, of the Spirit and truth. And Paul addresses that. He says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever you are, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Uh, I'll just read verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So here we had a people... And you remember, I quoted earlier that they had begun, uh, there in Galatians 3.3, 3, uh, they had begun in the Spirit, but now they were turning, so they had begun, they had, uh, they had started well, they had gone through the narrow gate, 
They had a point of faith and belief in their life, a point of uh, trusting Christ, and they were uh, perhaps a ways down the road. And for whatever reason, uh, there was pressure, no doubt. Uh, there was pressure to be accepted by their Jewish neighbors and friends, probably, relatives. Uh, there was pressure, and uh, somehow uh, it's fairly clear in Scripture that if if uh, if you defended circumcision, you could uh, you could alleviate a fair bit of persecution. That's if you study Scripture. There's there's quite a bit of indication of that, and that's exactly what was happening here. Um, they were uh, they were promoting now as they were continuing down the road. Their uh, they were now uh, adding to their faith, their belief that uh, circumcision and uh, and instead of walking in the spirit, they now had uh, circumcision as part of the uh, package of being in the faith. And Paul had a problem with that. Um, so they had deviated. They had deviated from. Walking in the Spirit, as he says here, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and free from, uh, free from the requirements of the law, and not to, uh, again, bring that old law into the, into the picture of their faith. Uh, so, the goal is to return to a Spirit-led walk. In our lives. <clears throat> so then there's the, the question. What, what can be done. To assist us in continuing in. A spirit led walk. So walk in the spirit. Scripture says it in several places. And, and indicates it in quite, a, quite extensively. Walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, so. What can be done to assist us in continuing in a walk in the Spirit? Now, back into the book of Galatians again in chapter 5, verse 24 says this. And we, we, uh, we're still in the same context. We had read verse 17 that talked about the flesh lusting against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other. Uh, goes down and gives us all the works of the flesh, gives us all the fruits of the Spirit, and we get down to verse 24 and it says this. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So they that are Christ's, they have crucified the flesh. Uh, Colossians says it this way. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Uh, and those words, the word mortify and the, 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 and the concept of crucifying the flesh. It's simply, in short, it speaks of Putting to death. Putting to death. Uh, put to death the, uh, the, the things that want to arise out of your flesh. You know, those desires, those uh, uh, lusts, those whatever. And verse 25 here, if we live in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. So again, the, the, the uh, concept of walking in the Spirit and following the Spirit. Now, as we think about, uh, you know, what can we do to, what can be done to assist us in walking, in, in continuing in a spirit, 
uh, led life. You know, like I said earlier, all the while we live in a world that is offering things to feed our flesh, you know, and we the scripture tells us to crucify our flesh, to mortify our the deeds of the body. Um, but but all the while we're living in a in a world that that uh, is designed it's it's design and its intent is to appeal to our flesh instead of killing it it wants to wake it up it wants to alert it to possibilities and that's all those examples I gave about just simple store flyers it's 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 designed to awaken our flesh to possibilities that might exist. Possibilities of enjoyment. Possibilities of comforts. Possibilities of you name it. Uh, some of them just outright sin. Others think things not outright sin. But we have to ask the question uh, and be discerning. Do I actually need it? Do I actually need it? Do I actually need to replace that uh, whatever it is? could list a dozen things or more. <clears throat> So there's a bit of a conflict there. Um, we live in a world that is it's continually feeding us and, and pushing our direction things that would awaken our flesh. And uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's where um, a good deal of discernment and wisdom is needed in our electronic world because our electronic world has good has lots of that in in it as well and so we have to uh, we have to be discerning in those things because we're talking about um, what we can do to assist us in walking in the spirit what, what, what can we do? What should we do? And that's where I'd like to just draw a little bit of, uh, of uh, uh, application. You know, it's, it's um, when we, and I'll just use the, when we give guidelines, when, uh, when we, When we think about assisting one another in the walk, there, there, you know, God has actually given you as parents, uh, you have a responsibility in after your children have uh, begun the journey, and obviously before, but after your children have begun the journey, uh, you have a responsibility in helping them to discern. Uh, the a spirit walk and the things that will keep them and hinder them in a spirit walk and understand we we uh we can't uh, there's no such a thing as hemming things in and 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 uh rejecting all sales flyers and all possible you know that's not the point the point is to be able to recognize uh the things that are are uh you know, there's a there's a there's a level of where they 
need to begin to discern things in their own lives, and we're there to help them and help them uh, coach them in that discernment. And then there's the whole scope of things that get totally outside of the spectrum of acceptable. And that's where we at times have to say this is off limits, you know, out here because it's just totally out of the scope of what is at all conducive to a spirit walk. And that's where uh, if we, for example, if a parent uh, chooses to uh, uh, put very strict limitations on on uh, places their child might go, uh, types of associations they might have, types of activities they might involve themselves in, uh, 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 what for level of uh, electronic devices they, they, they may have, and even what level of uh, openness that device has. All those kind of things are decisions that, or, or things that parents should be helping their children with from the perspective that recognizing that these things are an incredible uh, competition to a spirit walk. And uh, as parents, we have to recognize that and, and say no to things, give guidelines to things, because we recognize the competition that will come in their lives from these things and their, how it will cripple them in a spirit walk. And that is actually true. On, uh, it, it, that has a, uh, a truth on a church level as well. I think it's, it's, adequ- it's appropriate for us as brothers together to recognize and to discern some of the things in this world has to offer that are just totally in competition to a spirit walk and to simply put a perimeter there and say this is not there's there's just not enough benefit in it uh, for a person who is wanting to walk in the spirit that there's even uh, 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 yeah it just just plain down better off without it and there there uh, uh, that is necessary and the thing that I that I want to highlight again is uh, the purpose. The purpose for that kind of discernment and that kind of guideline as parents, as churches, etc., 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 is not uh, so that we might enter in at the gate. It's so that we might walk in the Spirit as we journey the, the narrow way. It's not to be accepted of God because we've been accepted of God. It's to walk a victorious Spirit walk and to not be, to not be uh, somehow diverted. And to not have so much uh, so much competition. I guess I use that word because that's really what it is. Uh, so many things that want to compete with our focus to the point where we uh, are not able to hear and discern the voice of the Spirit. And so it comes back to uh, the Spirit. Uh, walk in the Spirit, like it says here in... Uh, Galatians 6, you know, Galatians 5:16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, it, we're, we're back to that. That is the answer. But as we noticed, it's not quite, uh, it's not just a real simple thing. Uh, it's, 
it's a challenge and uh but it's it's possible you know it doesn't mean oh i say it's possible god didn't call us to something that's not possible so we'll say that secondly it doesn't mean that we'll never make mistakes and and in that in discerning uh the right responses and the spirit uh, spirit uh, led responses but there's always the opportunity when we recognize that we did make a mistake there's always the opportunity to to mend our ways and to repent of of a wrong uh, decision and wrong uh. so the uh, the straight gate and the narrow way So we talked about various things. We talked about entering in at the gate, how to enter in, to be converted, how to be converted, putting our faith in Jesus Christ, walking in the spirit. The the narrow way is a spirit walk. Um, We talked about what to do if we fail to walk in the spirit and what can be done to assist us in continuing in a spirit-led walk. And there's a lot of thought, and I, I would actually encourage you, uh, young and old, <laughs> put a lot of thought to the, the just the question of what can be done to assist us in walking and continuing in a spirit-led walk. And then to, to actually put some thought in, are there things in my life that are actually hindering me in a spirit-led walk? Are there, you know, are there interests and goals and loves and attractions and things that are actually that I'm entertaining and feeding on that are actually hindering me in a spirit walk and uh, and clouding my discernment and even maybe even clouding my desire for a spirit walk. Think about those things. So in order to uh, to be able to walk in the Spirit, we have to give attention to, the ver- to verse 24 here where it says that they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. In other words, putting that to death so that that competition between the two isn't so pertinent, so prevalent, so uh, strong. And... Uh, and it there, and it's true, you know. There's once when we reckon with our flesh and and we crucify its desires, the spirit has much more of a freedom to work in our hearts and lives. Uh, so back to our verse in Matthew seven thirteen: Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. May God bless each of you. And especially may he bless you with the privilege of finding that straight gate and that narrow way. Could we, uh, if we're able, kneel together and close with prayer? Heavenly Father, we... Quiet our hearts again in your presence and say thank you. Thank you for...
being with us here today. Thank you for freedom to gather, unhindered by the outside world. Thank you for the scriptures in our midst that we are able to open up the word and and, uh, allow our hearts to be challenged by it. Father, thank you for each one that is present here today. I pray that there could have been something given that uh, would profit their spiritual lives, something of nurture, something of encouragement, something of challenge, whatever the need might be. And Father, I do pray that uh, as our young ones grow up around us, that they might hear and understand your call and they might choose to uh, surrender their heart and life to Jesus Christ as they develop in that understanding. So Father, again, also help us then to walk in the Spirit. God, forgive us for the times where we do not properly discern and the flesh begins to uh, guide us. Father, do help us. Help us to be discerning. Help us to uh, seek, to understand uh, your kingdom principles and concepts and to embrace them and to walk in them as as the scripture would say to uh, walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for the spirit that is made available to us and do quicken us and, uh, and help us to uh, embrace that walk. So Father, again, bless each one that has come here and uh, any that uh, would have had a desire to be here but were not able, we ask a blessing on them as well. Thank you again. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.